If you are listening to this episode on dialing back overwhelm, chances are overwhelm is a constant experience that you have. Or maybe you know somebody who struggles with overwhelm and you want to help them. Today, we'll talk about how overwhelm creeps into our lives. And more importantly, we'll talk about five really simple ways that we can quickly shift our overwhelm. There are so many things that get out of our control when we become special needs parents. We see our children struggling and we wonder, how can we manage that? We have to prioritize so many things and we wonder, how can I manage that? We feel so tired and yet we can't sleep. And we wonder, how can I manage that? And all of the weight of all of the demands, all of the judgments, all of the emotions gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And that's what causes our overwhelm. I've always been somebody prone to overwhelm. When I became a special needs parent, that overwhelm just ramped up higher and higher and higher. But overwhelm comes from the many emotions and situations that service triggers does. Some of the things that may spiral our emotions higher, some of the situations that might come up, revolve around what our child is facing, the chronic issues that will never go away, that we have to manage, that we have to hold, that we have to see happening every day, and that in many cases are out of our control to change. And then there's another issue, which is the acute issues that our child might face. The pain that comes up, the illnesses that arise, and again, our lack of control and ability to shift those things. What's really causing our overwhelm, I think, in many situations, is our inability to cope, our inability to change or to help the situations that we are seeing playing out, to help our child to reduce their pain, their confusion, their isolation, their rejection by others, to reduce how the world treats our child, how the world treats us, and also our own control of our own lives as we try to juggle so many aspects of our life. This child and the child's needs, our other children's needs and well-being, managing our home, managing our career, managing our relationships, Seeing some relationships that we really value slip out of our fingers as people move away. Psychologically or physically. And we feel so left alone, so unloved. And we long for, be, for, for somebody to hold us. How much we have to give up. Not the least of which is our dreams for our child and our dreams and plans for self. Managing shifting priorities. What should we do? 
and what should we release. Sometimes we feel that we have to give up the things that we really don't want to give up, including caring for ourselves. Overwhelm can also come from reliving or remembering the past, whether it's remembering good times and saying, I wish these things could happen again, or whether it's remembering the hard things that you've been through in the past and feeling all those heavy emotions yet again. And overwhelm can come from anticipating the future as well. Too often when we feel overwhelmed, that anticipation is all about worry, doubt, fear, judgment, blame. Hello, I'm Marsha Nathai Balkisun, and I'm a special needs parent to a daughter who is brain injured, bedridden, and my very best teacher. I've had just close to about 10 years of experience as a special needs parent. And so I really understand overwhelm in a very real, personal way. I'm happy to say that I also have come a long way in shifting the way I deal with overwhelm and in developing many approaches that have helped me to cope better with overwhelm, to push back on that overwhelm and not let it lead my life and control my life anymore. I'm a coach to special needs parents and other overwhelmed people and I help them both from a systems approach as I'm an industrial engineer and from a personal approach, an emotional, human approach, which is what I think makes the biggest difference. There have been so many different approaches that I've tried, that I've used to help me to push back against overwhelm. And when I think about which ones have really helped me to shift the way I live, my experience of living every day, to really dial down that overwhelm and bring me a lot more peace and possibility into the way I see my life, five stand out to me. And those are the five that I want to share with you today. One of the hardest things for me to cope with has been waking up every morning and immediately being flooded by an awareness of how much I have to do today. How much that is going to be hard. How much that's going to be painful. How much that I'm going to have to multitask on. Not because I want to multitask, but because I'll be doing my work I'll be managing a crying child. I'll be trying to figure out how to get food on a table. I'll be trying to schedule in my mind how to arrange the sequence of things so that I have childcare when I go out to collect my son from school. And the list goes on and on and on. Added to that are the things that you cannot plan, the emergencies that come up, the phone calls that say that someone is in need 
and that I am the only one who can help, so I need to press pause on my own overcomplicated life and fit time in that I didn't have in the first place. And when that happens, I feel this overwhelm choking me, stamping out my desire to just simply live life, much less enjoy life. And so my first approach that has totally changed the way that I experience life and the way that I decide to shut my overwhelm down is that I let myself deal with one thing at a time. It's hard in the beginning, but you very quickly adapt and start making it your approach. I write down everything that I have to do so that I can set priorities, so that I can see where my priorities should go. And then I don't let myself focus on all the other things, the lower priority things. I can only do what I'm doing right now. And if I focus on that, I get it done more efficiently and effectively. And I have a heck of a better experience within myself as I do it. So tell yourself, one thing at a time, one step at a time, and then we'll move to the next one because we are giving ourselves permission to just be human. A big source of overwhelm for me was my tendency to overthink to look back to the past again and again, to relive when my child became brain injured. To pull myself apart, wondering if I should have done things differently. If I should have handled things differently emotionally, taken different actions. And what I've learned is that That changes nothing in today. And that the approach of living in the present is a game changer. And that's my second tip. Live in the present. Don't tie yourself to the past, which you can't change. Which makes you relive a lot of pain. Or which makes you long for the good times that are in the past. Focus on your now. Do the best you can now. And there's an extension to that tip about living in the present. It also means don't project yourself into the future constantly worrying about what is to come worrying about what emergency lives around the next corner, what's about to spring out at you and scare the daylights out of you, worrying about when I'm no longer here, what am I going to do, what is going to happen to my child. We can't look into the future. We have no crystal ball. 
We can control what we do with today and our actions and our thoughts and our interactions today will change that future. So take today into your hands and make the most of today. My third approach is so easy, but it was one of the hardest things for me to shift. And that is, find three things that make right now special when you're in the middle of overwhelm. When everything feels heavy, when all you can see is negativity, when all you can feel is overwhelm, look around you, listen. What are you grateful for in this moment? Are you grateful that you have this blessed child with you? Are you grateful for a certain person in your life? Are you grateful that you have a place to live? Are you grateful that you have had or will have a couple of minutes of respite and ability to just sit in a chair and close your eyes even if it's while you're caring for your child. It could be something as simple as the singing of a bird somewhere outside your window. That's often one of the things that I'm grateful for. And if you listen well, you will hear those birds in the background of the audio at some point in this podcast. And I've been reflecting on how grateful I am for their song and the reminder that this isn't all there is to life. This chaos, this unpredictability, this worry, this strain, this juggling. It's just a part of life. And I can still go to the window and look out at the clouds moving in the sky. I can still listen to the birds I can still see leaves swaying in the breeze. And even as simple and small as those are, being grateful for those things shifts my state of mind and becomes an oasis for me in the middle of my most overwhelming times. In another episode of this podcast, I spoke about our inner critic and silencing our inner critic. That's a huge game changer for me. Having figured out how to press pause on my sharp-tongued inner judge, getting myself to the place where I don't constantly beat myself up, or stack expectations of myself so high that I could never meet them, Or whenever I make a mistake, flagellating myself and constantly beating myself up about what I was not good enough at, what I should have done better and seeking perfection at all costs. Releasing that has been a big, big help 
for me. So how do you do that? Well, you start small. As a special needs parent, I can't predict and plan all of my minutes of my day. I can't even plan when I'm going to record this podcast. And so sometimes I do this podcast recording at 3 a.m. And sometimes, like today, I make the podcast just before I release it. It's quarter past nine in the morning here. And I'm recording this podcast with the sound of the birds and the sound of cars and hopefully not the sound of the neighbor's dog. But I'm giving myself enough grace and enough space to get my message out there because I think it's an important message to share and letting it be okay to not have a perfect sound. Because I trust that the people who need value from this will receive that value. And I don't have to be perfect to give that value. Making progress as opposed to achieving perfection is such an important shift in the way you judge yourself and in the way you lead yourself. So move into allowing yourself to improve and to evolve rather than expecting yourself to never make a mistake. Embrace yourself and give yourself the support, the gentleness, the kindness that you would give to others. It's time we are kinder to ourselves. I can't forget about one of my favorites, which is create a window for self-care. I think the first thing that many special needs parents and many overwhelmed people drop is their focus on caring for themselves. Self-care doesn't have to be expensive. You can do so much at no cost in terms of money. And you also don't have to use a lot of time to do it. You can be as busy as you want and still fit self-care in. It could be five minutes taken while you are sitting next to your child if you have no choice. It could be five minutes for a shower. In the most extreme circumstances, I've found that it's after midday before I get time to brush my teeth or take a shower. And it took me years to realize that I deserved at least to make time for myself to do those things. So just five minutes to do the basic ablutions that you need to do to look out for yourself. Making some time to do something fun. To let yourself laugh and release strain. To give yourself a dopamine hit that makes you feel good. How can you do that? What stands out to you? I'm sure ideas are popping into your head right now. Maybe you need to find some peace. Do some breathing. Take a walk. 
doodle, draw. And if you can't leave your child's side, then maybe build your child into your self-care fun activity. Sing nonsensically. Care not about how you sound. Draw. It doesn't matter how it looks. It's about the release. Laugh. Have fun. Play. You're never too old to play. Connect with other people. Maybe a friend that you long to talk to. Pick up the phone. Have a conversation. Fill your heart up. Even if the connections that you make are online friendships. I've found such amazing friends and supporters that have filled my heart with love, that have shown me acceptance, that hold space not only for me but for my child, that have helped me to heal and to find joy and fulfillment in such massive ways again. Give yourself permission to find what builds you, grows you, relaxes you, allows you to purge the toxic thoughts and the actual toxins from your body. So self-care includes giving ourselves good nutrition, eating the right things, drinking the right things, reducing the toxic things that we put into our body as well. Promise me that you'll take a little bit of time for self-care every day. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a voicemail. Let me know what you do right now for self-care and what in your heart of hearts you are being called to add, to try, and how you feel about looking forward to doing that. That's our episode for today. I hope you found some treasures wrapped up in here. And I hope you've chosen to unwrap them and apply them in your life. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a voice note, please, to let me know which one stood out and which one you're going to try. Let me know which one I didn't mention that has made a big difference for you. And I'll make sure to add them so that everybody will hear your part that you are adding to our conversation. Until next week, have a wonderful week, everybody. And may your week be much less overwhelming.